0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast. What the hell's the date? It's the third day of November, twenty twenty-two. Getting closer to election day. Happy Thursday to you. Like I say, I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host. Let me just quickly ask you, implore you to go to patreon.com slash podcast or com and support the program. Enter the contests, view pictures of my children in their Halloween costumes and such and the like. Appreciate y'all listening. Now let's get on with the program. Action-packed program, as always. We've got a lot of stuff going on. We've got uh, the last week of the campaign and it is the fundraising letters are getting a little desperate they're getting a little pathetic they're getting a little hilarious so randomly throughout the show well, I always get a big response when I use the Civil War music and so randomly throughout the show I'm going to read various selections from different fundraising emails and you can tell the level of desperation in these campaigns by the tone of their fundraising emails and i think setting it to the civil war music maybe not but i'll read them directly as to how they are because well fetterman and uh out in ohio tim ryan are sending some really i don't know to whom this appeals but the tone is, uh, you guys suck. You haven't been sending us enough money. We need more of your money. Give us more of your money. I don't know about Tim Ryan. I think Tim Ryan's doing all right, but I don't think he's rich. I know that Fetterman is rich. He comes from a wealthy family. And to have him sitting there going, I need your $3. Like, hey, man, what are you, the suddenly the paper boy from Better Off Dead? I want my $2. How about you dip into your own pocket? But Fetterman doesn't dip into his own pocket ever. That's what he's known for. is not ever working, not ever spending his own money. But anyway, let's, actually, let's play some Civil War music here, and uh, we'll read a Fetterman email. Derek, I don't know what else to do. As of 1 p.m., we are dangerously short. On our daily fundraising goal. Hitting this goal is so important. Dr. Oz is gaining on me in the polls. Early voting has already started. So, folks are voting as we speak. Mitch McConnell just hit me with an $800,000 attack ad blitz.
1: The FBI
0: is warning Pennsylvania poll workers about violent threats from election deniers. I have to win this race to save the Democratic Senate majority. Everything is on the line. If we fall short of our $75,000 daily fundraising goal, it could literally be the difference between winning and losing in seven days. So screw it. The fate of the Senate majority depends on me winning, and I need you to donate. McConnell is going to blast us with everything he's got in these final days. Can you rush just $5 before midnight to help me win? Tomorrow will be too late. John Fetterman. (laughs) Does that not inspire you? It was a desperate day. Everybody named Jim died in this battle in uh, Chickamauga. No, it would sound more pathetic. Nobody's giving things are desperate. I'm not really sure what's going on. Wow, that's inspirational, coach. (laughs) Can we get back out there after halftime and, I don't know, surrender our way to victory? You need $75,000 a day? I love how they're like, so screw it. So screw it. I'm going to ask you for money. One of my favorite tactics is they always say, in a minute, I'm going to ask you for money. But first, Hear me out as to why I'm going to ask you for money. They do that all the time. They're getting more and more pathetic. And let me just—Tim Tim Tim Ryan's emails are um, particularly pathetic. Quick and dirty. These are just some of the subject lines from emails from Tim Ryan. Quick and dirty. Did you see me on Fox News? Desperate. I'm scared devastating, heartbroken, before I take the stage. I'm having a bad day. Final plea. And why did you abandon me? Those are just the Tim Ryan emails since October 30th. This is the Ohio Senate. Just, just since October 30th. Just a couple of days. Let's see. Let's pick one of these things. I'm having a bad day. Desperate. Let's go with... Mm, let's go with... Desperate. No, no, no. I'm scared. They put a picture of these people in these things. That's what I don't understand. Is There's a picture of Tim Ryan. There's a picture of John Fetterman's face. You, you could interchange it with Uncle Fester, and you would not, not know the difference. But with Tim Ryan, they choose a couple of pictures of him sort of staring off in the distance, a vacant look on his face. He looks like he just woke up after a bender. Like, just... Hammered. He's still a little drunk. Definitely, the hangover is starting to set in, and he slept in his clothes. And he's thinking, "Oh God, that was a mistake." And they send this picture out with his emails. Is there no pleasant headshot of this guy, or are they trying to convey, "Like I've been working real hard all day long, can't even sleep." Anyway, let's go with the Civil War music again from Tim Ryan. <clears throat> I'm scared, reads the subject line. Derek, I can't lie to you. I've never been more scared in my life. My, what a charmed life you've led, Congressman. All hopes of saving our Senate majority run through my home state of Ohio, but we're pacing dangerously behind our $50,000 midnight goal. Just like, you know, the common people who hasn't had that problem. You're just dangerously behind your $50,000 daily fundraising goal. I am terrified that with just seven days left, we will have to scale back our campaign because we couldn't come up with the cash. Let alone fact, they go into debt. They borrow money and campaigns carry all sorts of debt. They, they have plenty of cash. The thought alone is devastating don't democrats care and there are three question marks because he really wants an answer to the question that's why i'm pleading with you don't give up now not on the last lap the fate of our senate majority and our democracy are on the line see if you don't elect democrats our democracy is done that's a hell of a thing please chip in anything you can to help me shock the world and win in Ohio. I appreciate you sticking with me until the very end. Tim Ryan. <laughs> I appreciate you sticking with me. Another email is, why have you abandoned me? What is going on? Why? Seriously, the day before, he said, why did you abandon me? Emails. The subject line, why did you abandon me? Look, I'm sorry to email again. But things have taken a turn for the worse. First, I told you I'm in a dead heat with my Trump-endorsed opponent and need, and the need is all in caps, so you know it's totally serious, need to hit my end-of-month fundraising goal to take the lead. You can't polish a turd, dude. No amount of money is going to make you likable or uh, appealing. I needed to to take the lead. Like, oh, the arbiters, the people, the vote-counting people are like, well, how much money do you have? Well, I'm sorry, but you don't. You didn't reach your end-of-month goal. You're going to lose because not enough people, vote, you only vote by putting dollars into a bucket or something. So then I thought a wave of Democrats would step up and help me close the gap, win this race, and save our Senate majority. But now donations have come to an absolute standstill. So I'm begging you now, if you care about flipping Ohio blue and holding on to the Senate, then I need you to take action and donate $5 now. I can't do this without you. (laughs) Then you're screwed, pal, because you're not going to get a damn thing out of me. Remember now. The Senate runs through Ohio. If we win this, we can secure our Democratic majority. Every one of these seats. Every one of these emails. You pick the state, Nevada, or don't matter. They all say, "Oh, I'm the one seat. If I win, then no." Oh. If you get all of these emails and you read them, and you have any comprehension skills whatsoever, if the hamster in your head running in that wheel can process anything basic, as basic as. You know, Velcroing your shoes. Forget tying it. You don't even need to be that advanced. As basic as Velcroing your shoes, you would look at this and go, wait, none of this makes any." These people are lying to you. They're lying to you. Every single thing in these emails is a lie. But I love the, uh, I'm going to miss this one because they. Uh, it's one of my favorite tactics that the left does. And the right probably does it too. I just don't sign up for their emails because uh, I enjoy making fun of the left. But they have these, we're dangerously uh, close to not hitting our crucial mid-month deadline. Like, what? Yeah, no, no, no. The, mid-month de- the mid-month deadline doesn't, there's no such thing as a mid-month deadline. They just make it up. Uh, we're running real risk of not hitting our Friday at 8 a.m. deadline, so please give to us. And what's sad, the saddest part is somewhere out there in America. I don't know where. I don't know where, but somewhere, because they wouldn't do this stuff if it didn't work. Somewhere out there in America, there is somebody dumb enough to read that and go, oh my God, they're not going to meet their crucial Friday 8 a.m. deadline. That crucial, that everything hinges on that Friday 8 a.m. deadline. And they reach for their credit card. And for the low, low interest rate of 22.5%, they donate money they don't have To rich democrats awash with lobbyist campaign cash and the american public the suckers the people that democrats oh we care so deeply about they go into debt for these wealthy pieces of garbage hey frankenstein says he needs five bucks from me i don't have it but i'll tell you what i will uh, put it on the old visa and there we go now the senate majority is secured now when it turns out that these people were lying when people discover that they've been lied to there was no crucial mid-month deadline there was no way in hell these people were going to win they say if you give us the money we will win and they don't win that seems like breaking a promise to me and that's the the problem with these there's no recourse for somebody to go and call up hey visa I uh, I was solicited I gave 100 bucks um uh, to a political campaign that lied to me about the importance of my hundred bucks and the impact of my hundred bucks, and so I want to dispute that charge. That's not the way it works. The fat cats still go off. John Fetterman will still be living off mommy and daddy's teat when all is said and done, whereas the people who gave him money, who were dumb enough to give him money, will be living off of Alpo or cat food or something like that. (sighs) That's why this is back to the Tim Ryan. But at this very moment, the GOP is spending millions to kill my campaign and steal this election out from under us. I love it. Steal the election. They're They're trying to win. They're spending millions as though Democrats weren't spending tens of millions of dollars and dumping it into Ohio. No, 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 no. These people always act as though it's just them against the world. They're David up against Goliath. All they've got is a wooden sword, it's a wooden sword, and, and a couple of rocks, and a pebble, and boy, a plucky determination. <laughs> these people have commanded millions and millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars. And some of these races, they're going to spend in the neighborhood of between 50 and 100 million dollars in each of these races, these Democrats will. But you can't polish it turd. You can't do it. You cannot make an unpopular person with unpopular ideas popular. People notice these things. Tim Ryan isn't new on the scene. He's been in Congress for quite some time. He is a known commodity. The people of Ohio looked at him and said, Yeah, no. Wait, you're telling me, you're promising me that you're going to stand up to a guy, President Biden, that you've never stood up to before? that you're going to stand up to nancy pelosi and though you never stood up to her before and he'll say no no no, i ran against her one time okay right for about 20 minutes you said i'll stand against pelosi and the democrats in congress who you claim to be a major part of a major player of uh, who care deeply and support you all collectively said god not you no lasted about a half a day now no way and that was it the people don't want you tim that's why it's critical that we hit this end of month goal and have the resources we need to fight back. It's our only hope. Can you chip in $5 to make sure we win come November 8th? Your support means the world. Your support means the world. Signed Tim Ryan. Your support. The subject line is why did you abandon me? That's an email you send to an X. while you're drunk trying to figure out what the hell happened and you're clearly not over them and, then, and again thank you thank you for loving me yeah, no she she dumped you she dumped you all right it's time to move on dude time to move on we will get to more uh fundraising emails as the show progresses provided i remember but there are other things going on that i want to touch on um with Frankenstein, well, I want to play Frankenstein for you. I meant to get to this yesterday. You may have heard it by now, but maybe not. Most places, most shows are a day or two behind anyway. So that's the good thing is you can sit there and you go, well, we'll save that till tomorrow because nobody's going to touch this for another four days. Uh, he was on CNN. This is one. Look, if you're sitting there and you're one of the liberals out there, or you know, one of the liberals out there thinking, well, Fetterman, he can, he can pull it together. He can pull yeah, no, no, no. The debate performance certainly wasn't good. But he can pull it together. They're sitting there, they're white knuckling this thing. Please go. Please, you know, he'll he'll be fine. He can be a United States Senator. Don't worry about it. It's he's still got a couple of months to pull his act together. First of all, that's not how recovery from a stroke works. It's it's just not. <laughs> no doctor ever said, Well, you've had a massive stroke. And it's going to take a a while to recover. So what I recommend you do is go about your life as though you didn't have a stroke and slowly kind of figure it out. That's not what's going to happen. You need therapy. You need pretty intensive therapy in most cases, particularly when the stroke was as massive and as damaging as it was in Fetterman's case. But his wife, his handlers, they aren't going to have that, and so they're plowing straight ahead. So if there are people out there holding out hope, oh, you know what, he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll be fit to serve. There's no reason to believe at all that he's going to come anywhere close to being fit to serve. He's just not. So um, this is a good reminder of that. Pay attention to the question. But he was asked by, I think it was Don Lemon on CNN. And then the answer. Now, you would swear, and I, I, right hand to God, my right hand is literally up. This is not edited in any way, shape, or form. If you heard this, you would think, well, Derek, what you did is pretty underhanded. You took a question and then an answer to a completely different question and just cut them together. No, I did not do that. You can tell Fetterman is sitting there in the video. He's got, uh, he does all of his media appearances that he's, you know, remote. He only did the one in-person interview because uh, it was a disaster. But he does all of his campaign interviews from like a basement nook in his house. A lot of times his wife's sitting next to him, presumably to sort of elbow him and go, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Get on the, the right page. But this time she was not there. She must have been, who knows what she's doing. She's quite proud of her bisexuality, so the possibilities of what she was up to are literally endless. Uh, but she wasn't there. And he sits there and he reads. He's reading the teleprompter. He's supposed to have, you know, because he can't understand things, he has his his teleprompter's transcriber there ready to go. And even with that, because we were told... That's what he needs. Look, he's perfectly fine. He just has difficulty hearing people. And uh, so if you transcribe it, his brain is working just fine. This if the debate didn't sway you from that perverted belief, this might. This has been unedited in any way, shape or form.
2: What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is? And should the Biden administration be doing more?
3: No, I, I just do. I, I think that, uh, that simply is also we yeah, have this talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax uh, structure as well. True. You know, trillions of dollars that have added to the deficit and and now they still want to support those as well. True. I think in terms of being very serious about uh, addressing inflation is is making sure that those rates are brought back into align with what they, they should have been uh, where they're able to, uh, fight, uh, the, the, de- def- the deficit.
0: What do you think is the cause of inflation? That is, well, true, tax rates need to be increased. We've got a tax and return tax to blah, blah, what? Hello. Hey, how you doing today? Uh, the tax rates had to be returned to, what? Where are you coming up? It's like, are you having... can you make that joke? Are you having another stroke right now, Fetterman? Maybe, just maybe, you should focus on recovery. That's what he should be. If his family cared about him, that would be the focus. Hey, you know what? There's another election coming up in a couple of years. There's another opportunity. I understand you don't want to get a real job, but you come from a wealthy family and you never really had to get a real job before. So why do you think they'd cut you off? Now, like they embarrassed you or you embarrassed yourself up to the age of 41 and then you finally got a job as mayor where you could afford to pay your own bills. What is it with Democrats that are electing people mayor who've never held a real job? Bernie Sanders, mayor up there in Vermont, never held a real, the only guy I've ever heard of getting kicked out of a hippie commune for refusing to work, for refusing to carry their own weight. The only thing that could be more ridiculous than anybody getting kicked out of a hippie commune for refusing to carry their own weight would be somebody getting kicked out of a hippie commune because they were just not enough into personal hygiene like you know you don't have to shower every day you don't have to shower every week but eventually all right you don't have to run from the rain like screaming like a 12 year old girl you don't have to do at some point you should wash off the filth that'd be the only thing that'd be a little less common than somebody being thrown out of a commune for refusing to work. Yeah, there's there's Fetterman, up there. There's Frankenstein. This is who the Democrats have put up, and you sit there and you go, "This is the go- this is the guy." Now he sounds certainly a hell of a lot more coherent in his email messages. Does he not? Very weird, very bizarre how that works out. That these people are able to. Uh, of course, it's not him. There's another one. Here's a f- picture of him. It's a nice, shiny picture of his bald head. He really does look like Frankenstein. They use these pictures of him. <clears throat> let's, go, let's go ahead and get the uh, Civil War music again just to get the Fetterman fundraising email from the Demo- National Trained Democrats. It's from Fetterman. Look, I need to raise 55 55- thousand dollars by midnight to make it through the final days of this race chip in now and i'll explain everything (laughs) give me the money and then i'll tell you why i need it mcconnell has spent 52 million on attack ads in the past two weeks to ruin me and our senate majority what did mcconnell do did he run ads saying here's john fetterman and play unedited clips of you the horror so now Dr. Oz is gaining on me in the polls with eight days to go. And 11% of Pennsylvania voters are still undecided in this race. But CNN and MSNBC said my race will decide the Senate majority. They always These are the same emails over and over and over again. So I need you with me now more than ever. I need $55,000. I imagine he wrote something similar to his parents, various, but I need $55,000 before 11.59 p.m. tonight to keep my campaign powered until every last vote is counted and we defeat Dr. Oz. Please donate now. Look, I'll never forgive myself if we don't give this race everything we've got. Rush $5 now. Let's win this thing. John Fetterman, you gotta love that. I'll never forgive myself if if we don't give uh, so so you're throwing all of your money you're into the no you're not throwing all of your money into that's weird. You'd never forgive yourself if you didn't give it everything you've got. But I mean, like, not everything, everything. And by not everything, I mean anything from your personal bank account because you've got suckers out there who are willing to give you five. Here's the donation levels. Five, 25, 50, 100, $500 or a custom amount. Now, that was two days ago. Apparently, they never come back and say, we made our goal. Oh, thank God, we've made our goal. You've kept us alive. They never celebrate that. They never come back and say, thank you. Uh, You suckers out there gave me $55,000 by midnight. Because the $55,000 is arbitrary. The midnight is arbitrary. All of this stuff is made up. One day, we need $75,000. You heard in uh, Ohio, we need $50,000. We need whatever it is. We need this very, it's usually not a flat thing. It's it's like if we don't get $77,000. 77 that sounds very specific because it's meant to sound very specific but it says give us this thing by midnight so that's on uh, halloween night so theoretically this is a special link set up just for that purpose to end by midnight because you need that fifty-five thousand. no you click on it and it's three days later it's still that link is live it's it's bizarre how does that happen All of these things, the fundraising scam drives me nuts because it does work. I'll I'll dig up one during the show that illustrates exactly what it is I'm talking about, where they talk about... um, if we don't get your information we're doing a survey you're one of two as a top democrat i would love these emails i've never once given a democrat a penny in my life and i never would but they send you the emails going as one of our top supporters you are like i've never never given you any i i don't even know how in some of these things you got my my email but as a top supporter we need your input on this survey to uh, to be able to complete our data without your input, meaning mine, our data will be incomplete and therefore worthless. And you go, oh, okay, well, this must be serious. So if we don't get it by midnight, the whole thing is shot. Then you go back a week later, having never completed the survey, and you click on the link thinking, well, you'd expect there to be a notification that this link is no longer live. You missed your chance. You disappointed your fellow Democrats because you did not click this link and do this survey in time, in a timely manner. Now all of our work, months and months and months of study and collecting of data and every is lost. You've ruined it now, you worthless piece of garbage, because you – We told you it'd be incomplete without your participation, and you didn't participate by midnight. We're folding up shop and going home. Forget it. Take your money and go away. Except that would be, well, that would be presuming that they were telling the truth in the first place, which they do not do, which they are seemingly incapable of. You go and you click that link a month later, and it still goes right to the fundraising page where they say, here's your survey. Please give us money. And oh, by the way, the only way to actually submit Your very important, crucial data that if they didn't get by midnight a month ago was going to ruin everything they were doing. The only way to submit your data to their survey that they're asking you for this favor is to donate to them. It's weird how that works, right? You hear all these PSAs and everything about, don't give anybody a dime. The Social Security will never ask you for money or whatever. They don't take crypto. Stop. Okay, yeah, but Democrat Party politics, they say it's a very important survey. And all they do is ask you for your data. All they do is ask you for your information because they're wildly dishonest creatures. So now we're going to move on to our president of the United States. Good Lord. Joe Biden was down in Florida yesterday. Why was Joe Biden in Florida? You sit there and he goes, there's something going on in Florida that I don't know about. That's, is the. Is the conservative establishment, the Republican establishment hiding something? Is is Florida in play? No, Florida's not in play. Val Demings is going to lose to Marco Rubio, and Charlie Crist is going to lose to Ron DeSantis. Run up the score. If you're in Florida, don't not vote, because it's a foregone conclusion. It's Nothing is actually a foregone conclusion until it's in the rear view mirror, but it certainly is looking really good for the Republicans down there. So then why in the hell is the President of the United States down there? Well, because the President of the United States has to be sent somewhere, doesn't he? Doesn't he? After what, a week and a half ago, him saying, Look, pal, every when asked why aren't you campaigning anywhere? Why does nobody want to the only guy who wants to be seen with you is Fetterman because he can't speak. So, like, he'll have you go up there. Look, pal, a lot of people want us to want me to be there. Like, 15, 16 people have done it so far, even though that wasn't remotely close to the case. The only people he'd campaigned with were David Trone and, and uh, Wes Moore in, in Maryland. Everybody wants me. We've got 15, 16 more requests. we got all these people wanting us. We're sifting through them now to see which ones we can go to. That was what we were told. That was what angry Joe Biden cursed out a reporter on, or or didn't curse out, but sort of yelled spittily at a reporter just a week and a half ago. That was the story. Then nothing materialized. Nothing, literally nothing. Who the hell wanted Joe Biden around them? Nobody did. Nobody wants Joe Biden around them. Are you kidding me? But they had to send him somewhere First of all, Joe's ego is very large and very fragile. It's one of those things. I don't understand what it is about certain people. They are wildly arrogant and incredibly insecure. They love themselves in a way nobody ever could, but they're also wildly insecure about it and need more love from other people. Like, nobody's ever going to love you the way you love yourself, Joe. Nobody ever, because you love yourself far too much should probably tap the brakes. I don't know, dial it back a little bit. Something. But they don't. And so that ego needs to be fed because God knows. I mean, throwing a fit, who the hell knows what could happen? So they have to send him. Where do you send him? You send him in places where he can't do any damage, where it's a foregone conclusion. Look, you send him to to Pennsylvania because he claims that in his home state. Even though he's not he born in Scranton, and then when he was a toddler, they moved out. And I loved. I heard somebody in the media the other day on MSNBC talk about, "Oh, Joe, it's the town that shaped Joe Biden, Scranton, Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania." And it's like, no. No, it didn't shape him at all. He was there before he formed any... Look, he has a hard enough time remembering what just happened, let alone what happened when he was two, but he moved out of Scranton when he was... young. he doesn't remember anything. It didn't shape him. But the lie... Well, everything about Joe Biden's life is a lie. Think about how boring and unoriginal and worthless his life must have been. To have to lie about even basic things to try to sound tangentially interesting to people. Anyway, they have to say they sent him there because he's not going to do any damage. Look, Fetterman can't campaign, Fetterman can't talk, Fetterman can't do squat. So having Joe Biden up there is like, well, not going to really make much of a difference, not going to do any damage but where else can you send him? And it was funny when he was sitting there looking for places to go and saying, people, we're fielding requests and I'll be going all over the place to to campaign with you could tell that the uh, buttocks amongst Democrats in Ohio, in Arizona, in Nevada, they all clenched up. They all clenched up and going, oh, God. Don't send him here, okay? Don't send him. Please don't. Please don't let him come here. And they didn't. They didn't. They sent him to Ohio because why? Because whatever is going to happen in Ohio is going to happen in Ohio. If and when the Republicans sweep in Ohio and in, uh, Florida, I mean, when they sweep in Florida. The answer from the White House isn't going to be, well, geez, we, re- we really got shellacked. It was, look, Ohio, or Florida. I keep on mixing the two. Florida was a long shot. Florida was a very long shot. It was never going to go well for the Democrats down there. Joe Biden went down there and tried to help. And, boy hey, howdy. It would have been worse had he not gone down there. But as it stands, it was pretty bad. But remember, the important thing is it would have been worse had he not been down there. The Democrats are incredibly good at this sort of garbage. I mean, what sort of garbage am I talking about? Setting up unrealistic scenarios that are undisprovable. Well, you can't prove that it would have been worse, but you also can't disprove that it would have been worse. So they can just – it's the job saved and created all over again. That's what – Democrats created that under Barack Obama. They said, well, uh, yeah, our trillion-dollar stimulus didn't create any jobs. So let's just say jobs saved or created. And you go, well, how do you prove you saved a job? You can't prove you saved a job, but you can't disprove. Nobody can disprove that you saved a job either. So then you can claim that you didn't you know just send a trillion dollars to your supporters. To your union buddies which is exactly what they did it's a scam so down in florida joe gave a talk that um it's to say it's rambling is to do a disservice to rambling to talk about the rolling stones and talking about the midnight rambler he uh he just makes stuff up first off let's talk about inflation He has this weird idea of how he goes back and forth from whispering to yelling to being mad to being embarrassed to being whatever. On inflation, he has no idea what inflation is. Allegedly, his dad told him a long time ago one thing about inflation, and it seems to be like a broken record all he keeps going back to. Well, inflation is whether or not you have money left over at the end of the month. That's not inflation. That's whether or not you're able to save. Inflation is... Last month, it cost you $100 to drive back and forth to work throughout the course of the month. This month, it cost you $250 for the same driving distance. That is your dollar not going as far as it was the month before. It doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you have anything left over at the end of it. Because if you say, well, steak was $5 a pound last month, and this month it's $10 a pound, you don't have to buy steak. You don't have to buy steak. You could just go, you know what? I'm going to eat pasta salad, a box of it's three bucks, uh, ramen noodles, and that's what I'm going to get by on. Inflation still exists. You have been impacted by it in a way, dietarily, that is not particularly productive, but is not damaging to your wallet. So it still exists, and you would still have money left over at the end of the month. If you spent, instead of $10 on steak, you spent your $5 that you normally spent on something else, you would still have the same amount of money left over at the end of the month, $5, that you had previously. The difference being the $5 you have left over at the end of this month is worth significantly less than it was before. You couldn't, for example, go... And buy a steak with it because those are now $10. Joe doesn't seem to understand that once he gets a st- very stupid people get ideas stuck in their heads and can't get them out. They No matter what you present to them, to show them that they are wrong, to prove to them that they are wrong, they simply cannot get the stupid idea out of their heads. They, they need the stupid idea to be true. They want the stupid idea to be true. So in their head, they create it as true. Like Joe Biden wishes he'd been arrested and during the civil rights marches and everything. And he wished he'd participated. And he wished to God that he had really been arrested he tried to do it like i was arrested trying to go see uh, nelson mandela no you weren't just because you lied about what happened on the other side of the planet because that'd be a harder thing to prove uh or disprove it was easily disproven because other people on the trip said you weren't arrested what are you talking about anyway listen to joe get inflation wildly wrong
1: that's what i call inflation the end of the month what you have left You have no money. That's inflation. What are you... The things you need, are they going up? (laughs) And they are. They are.
0: They are. are. Yeah, they're going up because of you. And they're not actually going up, per se. The dollar, thanks to you, is worth less. The dollar is worth less. That's what inflation is. It's not... Necessarily, I mean, it's an easy way to put it. Things are costing more because of inflation. But realistically, the buying power of the dollar is becoming significantly less. The dollar is still a dollar, it just gets you less things because of poor, stupid spending policies of this administration. Just one of those things. Joe Biden gets this idea stuck in his head. He gets an idea stuck in his head. Last week, he said. That gasoline was $5 a gallon when he took office. That's a lie. It's not wrong. It's a lie. You can't be that wrong. You can't be that wrong. It is Somebody's lying to him and he's repeating lie. It doesn't really matter if in the game of telephone, you're, you're told a to lie at the beginning and you repeat that lie. You were lying. Now you can talk about your culpability in that lie, but it doesn't change the fact that you're lying somebody's lying to the president of the united states you would think at some point a staffer would go we need to stop lying to the president of the united states because this idiot goes out we're telling him things so we don't look bad we make him feel good oh no the public loves you sir but at a certain point he goes out in the public and repeats these lies and it makes him look stupid and therefore makes us all look stupid because he is stupid and he's ignorant. Look, either he's ignorant because somebody lied to him or he's ignorant because of birth or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But he has no idea about gas prices. And he goes and repeats the, the fact that he said last week gas was $5 a gallon when he took office. And presumably he repeats it again. Presumably that means no staffer corrected him. No staffer said, you know, Mr. President, gas was actually like... Just like $2.18 a gallon when you took office, not $5 a gallon. It's still like a $1.37 higher now than it was when you took office. You should probably not claim that uh, it was $5 when you took office. Just so you know, just an FYI, Joe. You'd think somebody would do you think Ron Klain, the chief of staff, would do that. That is the job of the chief of staff. But you would be wrong. You would be wrong. Joe Biden is, well... Maybe they did correct The choices are, there's only two options. They didn't correct him and his staff is doing a major disservice to the president of the United States, or they did correct him and the president of the United States is so far gone down the road of dementia that basic truths that are obvious, painfully so, to everybody do not register with him. Which one it is, is up to you to decide. Neither option is particularly good. But here's what I'm talking about.
1: Putin's invasion of Ukraine sent gas prices soaring around the world. But because of the actions we've taken, gas prices are coming down here at home. They're down $1.25. I've just passed a gas station on the way. $3.25 when it was 5 bucks when it took off this summer.
0: He kind of corrects himself there. I bucks when I took off uh, this summer. Something's going on with this guy. A lot is going on with this guy. He wants to, he needs to lie. He needs to lie, and he needs to have lies told to him. He desperately does. Even about his kid. This is one of those things where he said it before and it's bizarre he would remember like losing a child it's got to be the worst thing anybody can go through that's why i say david trone is such a scumbag that he would use his siblings uh, you know losing their son to opioids in their campaign ad even if they're cool with it that it would occur to you i'm gonna make that worst thing you ever experienced, that scab in your soul i'm gonna pick it off and i'm gonna like wow what a what a horrible person it's burned indelibly in your soul i'd imagine like the death of beau biden i mean joe for years lied about the death of his wife and his daughter drunk driver no it wasn't a drunk driver and there's actually more evidence that it was your wife's was the cause of the accident. But that's you don't get much political mileage out of that, but you can get political mileage out of claiming victim status because some drunk killed your wife and daughter. That's what he cared about. That's what Joe cared about. And so that's the story he told until the family of the driver of the other car threatened to sue him. Then Joe suddenly stopped talking about it at all. He never corrected the record because that would require him acknowledging that he was full of crap. And he's a fraud. And he won't do that. Well, and Biden, Joe Biden has said many, many times that his son died in Iraq. It's stolen valor by proxy. Nothing could be further from the truth. Bo Biden died years after his service in Iraq of brain cancer. A horrible situation but when you return from iraq in 2009 and you die in 2015 in delaware actually i think he died and in delaware you do not die you did not die in iraq but joe says that all the time and he said it again yesterday in florida
1: and they talk about inflation you know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, i thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, because he died. The, uh, but the point
0: is. I'm thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. Your son did not die in Iraq. Your son did not die. In Iraq, like, honestly, what in the hell is wrong with this man? It doesn't, it, <clears throat> it is disturbing. There's something wrong with this guy. Does he think, either he believes, either he misremembers something that should be seared into his memory permanently, right, or he is consciously lying because he thinks it helps him politically it can't be any other uh, it can't be because he, he just wishes it were true or whatever and he's no he has to believe it helps him politically because he always mentions it in context of politics if you're talking to an audience and you're trying to sit there and get their sympathy and say oh no my son died in iraq oh oh he lost his son serving this country that's uh that's terrible. He died at Walter Reed Medical Center on May 30th, 2015, at the age of 46. You know, oh my God, he, he lost his son in combat. Okay. He didn't lose a son in combat. Losing a son is bad enough. Losing a child is bad enough. But it's not bad enough if you really want to make some hay out of it. Maybe he's wildly insecure about his bogus draft deferments, from vietnam and it still haunts him it could be could be that he's still out there going well you know i i faked having asthma in order to get out because have you ever seen the if he had asthma why is there nobody who's like wow i remember the one time he had a really bad asthma attack where is that person Instead, you got him going, oh, yeah, I was a lifeguard. How many lifeguards? We're going to entrust the lives of everybody at this pool to a guy who, when something goes wrong, might be gasping for air. Might need a lifeguard himself. Who's gonna, anybody believe that? He played high school and college football. Lots of people with puffers out there in the huddle, do you think? Something doesn't smell. There's something rotten in Denmark there. But nobody in the media will dare investigate. Maybe it's entirely true. Maybe he has horrible, horrible asthma that just never manifests itself. Then everybody could claim, oh, I have asthma. Well, really? How does it manifest? It doesn't. Thankfully, I'm able to hold it at bay by sheer force of will and, uh, and good living. I ride my bike constantly. I run around constantly. I'm screaming and whispering. I'm flailing around. I'm a football player. I'm a lifeguard. I, okay, so you have... How do you know you have Maybe somebody just told him he had asthma. And that, that just stuck. He does seem dumb enough to have... If somebody did tell him that, he'd believe it. And I wouldn't be surprised. But, of course, he would remember still. That doesn't change the fact that he would remember how his son died and where his son died. But it's stolen valor by proxy. It really is. Oh, the president lost a son in service to this country. No, he did not. No, he did not. Now, Bo served this country. And by all accounts, he served this country honorably. That is beside the point. It's not Bo out there lying and filling his chest with a whole bunch of ribbons he did not earn. It's the president of the United States who's doing that. That's the problem. That's what's gross about it. His father exploiting his death. But then Joe Biden exploits everything. Like, for example, did you know that Joe Biden went to a... Just like his... This is... uh, Kamala Harris went to Howard University, right? She's famous. I went to Howard University. I went to a historically black college or university, an HBCU. Oh, yay, look at me. Yeah, You you, you grew up in Montreal and you went to an HBCU. So what? Congratulations. Who cares? You're a left-wing radical. I don't really care where you were radicalized, how you were radicalized. I care that you are radicalized. I want to make sure that you cannot impose your radicalization on the United States of America. I don't care where it came from. Neighbor filled your head with a whole bunch of garbage or you learned it in co- I don't care. But Joe Biden also went to an HBCU. You probably didn't know that because uh, he was a racist and still is a racist, but he was proud of the segregation history and he fought desperately against The integration of schools was one of the first things he did while in the United States Senate. He opposed it. He said he didn't want his kids, Bo and Hunter, two white boys going to school in a jungle. Yeah, no, not kidding. Look it up. Go ahead. Look that up for yourself. Now, in Hunter's case, Hunter would have benefited from going to school anywhere else because he might not have ended up being a junkie. But yeah, good job, Joe. But Joe Biden has repeatedly claimed to have gone to the uh, Del- to Delaware State University, a historically black college in the state of Delaware. The only problem is he-, he didn't didn't go. Joe Biden went to the University of Delaware. they different. It was a white school. It was not a historically black college university now yesterday down in florida he was at a historically black college and he repeated the lie because that's how he rolls great to be at florida memorial university one of the nation's great
1: hbcus i'm a big fan of hbcus i got my start at one of those other hbcus delaware state university Okay, that's pretty
0: good, man. Anyway. That's pretty good, man. Anyway, yeah, you and Corn Pop used to commute together to, to college, didn't you? He's a hero. Everybody's a hero of their own story. But my God, most people's stories are less fictional than Joe Biden's. Now I looked at he's made this claim many many times. Got my start there. I went to this what I did The fact checkers are very generous. They do these semantical arguments. We remember in the in like 1988 or 98, 99 when Bill Clinton got like uh it depends on what the definition of the word is is and everybody's like oh my god can you believe a human being is making that argument what the hell what the definition of the word is is everybody knows that what well (sighs) (sighs) they all make that argument now they're all all making those kinds of semantical arguments now every single one of them including the so-called fact checkers the loops that they jump through and the the bending over they all must be yoga superstars Because they say, no, Joe Biden never claimed that he he went there. He just got his start there. Hmm. Because he campaigned there when he ran for the Senate in 1972. Why the hell would he go to an HBCU to to campaign? He's against integration of schools. Like, oh, no, well, he just did. That's how he rolls. That's what happens. What? All right, I guess. Go ahead. Or whatever. (laughs) But he's, you heard him right there. You heard him right there, did you not? Got my start there. Start in what? Start how? You didn't particularly care for black people that you didn't want your kids to go to school with them. But that's the president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. That's who he is. It's how he is. Now, the previous Democrat president of the United States, this is how bad it is. They're sending Joe Biden to states where he can't do any damage foregone conclusion would it, i wouldn't be surprised if they tried to convince some like there's some democrat running somewhere like hey who the liberal who's running for governor of massachusetts is going to win in a landslide can joe come up and play with you for an afternoon like can we just pretend that he had something to do oh you got 70 percent of the vote yeah that was all because can we just do that can we please do that? We can only send him to Maryland so many times. Can we please send him someplace else where he can't do any damage? He couldn't possibly do any damage because everybody else in the country is like, I don't, I don't want Joe. Tim Ryan, I don't want Joe Biden coming to Ohio. Hell no! Don't even, don't even violate Ohio's airspace, please, because somebody will say that I'm a Democrat and he's a Democrat. So don't, I don't want any connection whatsoever. Democrats are running horrified of it. So they had to send him to either someplace where Republicans are easily going to win because it it just is, and so he can't do any damage, not going to hurt anything, or someplace where Democrats are going to win. And even those people don't seem to want Joe Biden out there. Like, hey, we're good. We're good. you imagine the current president of the United States is not a campaign draw. Here's a little thing. Watch Joe Biden's campaign appearances anywhere or any of his events, anything that he does that involves the public where they have the crowd behind them, right? Watch the crowd behind them. First of all, they're not interested. They couldn't care less. They're there. They're like checking their watches going, how much longer do I have to be here when I'm paid? How long? But they're usually wearing union t-shirts, AFL, CIO, uh, the teachers, whatever it is, and it's usually a mishmash of them. You take like uh, the SEIU, you throw them up there, and they're all like, SEI, teachers for Biden, SEIU for Biden, blah, 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 blah. Those people are ordered to be there. Those people are paid to be there. That's They're, they're earning their pay. They're on the clock while they're there. Whereas if you look at a, 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 a Trump rally, you look at a DeSantis rally, you look at in any Republican rally, quite frankly, where they have people behind them, or you can see the crowd around them. You see people, everyday people, just going, yeah, all right, I'll be here. And they go, you want to sit on stage? Yeah, I'll sit on stage. That's not a, all right, we were sent here by the uh, local 72 to stand there and wave the signs. We got our union signs, AFS me for uh, AFL-CIO for Biden or whatever. It's not like that with Republicans. It's not like that. Now, head count matters more than anything else, than the sincerity of the people around them. The vote count matters. But it's just interesting that the president of the United States isn't a draw. So Democrats recognize this, and they have dusted off Barack Obama. They have dusted off Barack Obama and they're sending him around to these things. Barack Obama, they're sending to Wisconsin. They're sending him to Michigan. They're sending him to Pennsylvania. They're sending him everywhere, Arizona. They're sending him everywhere that Joe Biden won't go or isn't welcome to go. And what's sad is, you know, Joe is very upset. He's already got an inferiority complex. He and Barack Obama did not get along. Barack Obama's people hated Joe Biden. This was Joe Biden. A big part of his presidency is trying to preserve Barack Obama's legacy. It's really what it is. He's trying to preserve Barack Obama's legacy, he's trying to restore it. And it's not working like the Iran deal, the horrible. Disgrace. He's trying to get us back into that, and he's ending up making things worse for the United States, for the world, for the Middle East. He's driven Saudi Arabia into the arms of Russia because he's so hell-bent on making sure that the Iran deal is put back in place and Iran gets a nuclear weapon, just not on his watch. And that's how screwed up these people are. And you go, oh, well, that's weird. How do you do that? Why would you do that? Well, you do that because You've got nothing else. What else are you bringing to the table? Actually, a fundraising email yesterday from the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee put it beautifully. They're pretending that Joe Biden isn't even in office. That reads, "President." it's from President Obama's announcement. It says, President Obama has personally asked you for help to defend the House and save his agenda. His agenda, Barack Obama's agenda. Barack Obama isn't president of the United States. I'm surprised they didn't capitalize his, like he's a god will you answer his powerful call for three dollars before midnight he's not president of the united states he doesn't have an agenda but they've dragged him out and he appeared with a uh what they call a tiktok star somebody under the desk news i'm not i don't look there there are tons of pictures of cats with pancakes on their heads Online and somehow people make a living in Japan taking pictures of cats with pancakes on their heads. I don't claim to understand it. I'm kind of pissed that I didn't do it but first. But it is true. So that if you just lay on your belly under a desk and, and read the news, it's somehow you can become a social media influencer and get to hang out with Barack Obama and produce wildly unfunny videos like this one.
2: It's Monday night and here's what's happened. Me. What are, you, what are you doing under my desk? Well, under the desk is kind of my thing. I mean... Yeah,
3: but here's the thing. You can stay for now, but when it comes time to voting, you're going to have to get up. Because you've got climate change legislation on the ballot. You've got gun safety. Yeah. And if we can elect more pro-choice members of Congress, we can reinstitute Roe versus Wade as the law of the land. So you can't stay here. You're going to have to take a little bit of time to vote. It's now a bad time to say that I voted for McCain in 2008? As long
2: as you voted. Okay. Go to IWillVote.com, and I will see you at the polls.
0: Yeah, somebody laying under the desk there. Now, it's a woman, trans man, or whatever the hell you want to say. But that's what Barack Obama is doing. Joe Biden seems like he'd be able to do that one. He'd, but he'd probably find a way to screw that because he'd go, what is this dude doing under my desk? Or worse, he'd find out. By the way, since we're talking about Joe Biden talking about uh, Barack Obama, I want to play you one more thing that that Joe Biden said, while down in Florida. It is this guy is so weird, so pathetic of a human being. He uh, first of all he's talking about he's president of the United States and he does this all the time. My colleagues, my, you're president of the United States. There's only one of you. You have no colleagues. You have no. Theoretically, I suppose if you went to a an international conference of world leaders you would therefore be amongst your colleagues to a certain extent. But you do not, in this country, you do not have colleagues, Joe. I realize you'd like to think you're still in the Senate, or your brain still thinks you're in the United States Senate, but whatever. But in this clip, not only does he mention colleagues, he makes his wife the Reverend Dr. Jill Biden. Sound like just a horrible person. Now, Great, maybe this is a passive-aggressive swipe. It's a sort of semi-moment of lucidity on behalf of Joe or his subconscious is taking swipe, at swipes at her because she is engaged in elder abuse. There's no real doubt she is engaged in elder abuse, right? She is. So uh, <laughs> she, she tells a story about how she's mad. She was mad at him. She was very mad at him about being the alleged poorest member of Congress. I don't think Joe Biden was the poorest member of Congress, and it's weird because he was making a senator's salary, which puts him in the top 10% of earners in the country, even back in the 70s when they first started cheating on her first husband together. So it is, uh, yeah, look it up. Uh, So they weren't poor, and they managed to have, they bought, their house was an old dupont family mansion dupont it was they're not poor they were never poor it was cheap there's a difference and apparently jill was wildly greedy which again there's a difference listen to this clip there's nothing that she's like mad at being poor how the hell Maybe again, this is maybe Joe being passive-aggressive, about being forced to, uh, in a moment of lucidity, being forced to be humiliated, and continue being president of the United States being used, the elder abuse. Maybe he's taking it out on Jill. But what is the purpose of this? He's trying to sort of tell the story. look'm I'm, I'm just a humble guy. I'm poor. He's not poor. He's a multi-multi-millionaire. His son has made tens of millions of dollars. He's shared you know, 20% or 10% for the big guy. Joe has three mansions in Delaware, including an oceanfront property in Rehoboth Beach, which is not cheap. And he's still trying to pretend that he's just a blue-collar lunch bucket Joe, which he never was. His family always had money. His whole life's a lie. And he's even willing to throw his own wife under the bus to try to perpetuate that lie.
1: For, by the way, I was talking with one of my colleagues here today, and uh, when they came out, I got a phone call from my wife when she was up trying to help Patrick Leahy way back uh, years ago, campaigning, or I was up doing that call for her, and she's a teacher, so I called her early in the morning. Like when you husbands and wives are away, you call your family. And I called and said, how are things going? She said, fine. Knew <laughs> someone. She said, did you read today's paper? And I said, they don't get the Wilmington News Journal up here in Burlington, Vermont, honey. She said, headline, top of the fold, Biden, poorest man in Congress. Is that true? I said, I don't know what the hell, but I was all those years. But I had a good salary. I was still making more than most people because I had a senator's salary. I didn't think you are supposed to make money when you are in the Senate. I thought you were just supposed to take a salary.
0: He made a ton of money while he was in the Senate. He made even more money while he was vice president of the United States. I just thought you were supposed to take a salary. He became a multimillionaire while he was vice president of the United States and in the immediate aftermath. And he started becoming a real estate baron over in Delaware. But I love that. Do you know the poor, Is this true? Wow, you greedy piece of crap. It's about public service. Now, now, I look, like He could have easily turned it around. You teach at a community college, you loser. The hell do you want from me? All right. If you hadn't hitched your wagon to me, you'd be making $30,000 a year living in a tenement teaching at a community college. And actually, you wouldn't be teaching at a community college and you wouldn't be called Dr. Biden because you never would have gotten into the... Uh, education doctorate program that you got to, and you sure as hell would never have gotten past. You never would have been granted the degree because your uh, thesis was illiterate. But no, he's like, is this true? You're the poorest person out there. Yeah, it was the tallest midget. What is your life without... What a greedy piece of crap. <laughs> she demanded that I make more money, and so that's why you went corrupt, and he's practicing his... Uh, his testimony before the grand jury or the inquiry into his family's finances during uh, Republican control of the House and or Senate. No, look, I didn't have anything to do with it. My greedy, greedy wife made me do all these things. She was demanding that I go out and earn more money. I didn't want to do it, but she was going to hurt me. She was going to hurt me. Look at what, you know what? Saying that uh, Joe Biden is guilty of elder abuse is 100% believable. She is guilty of elder abuse. That it was physical, wouldn't surprise me at all. But I love this. You really got to make more money. And by the way, nothing about this clip makes Jill seem like anything but an idiot. So he's saying he's up in Vermont campaigning for Pat Leahy. I don't think Pat Leahy actually ever faced a, a tough reelection. So you're sitting here, going, yeah? No, we uh, we've got uh, a problem here. Is uh, we're gonna end up? I'm trying to look up what Pat Leahy is. I gotta go help Pat Leahy get reelected. Really? Well, yeah, no, it's dangerous. It's really in a tough reelection bid. What with his you no know, 900 years in Congress and never really seriously been challenged. But we gotta go out there and save him. Let's see. The general election in 1998, Pat he squeaked by with 72.2% of the vote. Uh, so, whew, squeaker there. Uh, <laughs> it did drop down to 70% of the vote just six years later, and then 64% of the vote. So yeah, it's a real squeaker. Which Which election was Joe up there trying to help him, trying to help him in? But he's up there and Jill goes, did you see the paper? Well, no, I'm in Vermont. I don't get the local paper from Delaware. So he's right there saying my idiot wife thought that uh, presumably at a time before the Internet existed, that my wife thought that I would be reading the newspaper up in Vermont, which doesn't make any sense. It makes her seem pretty damn stupid, does it not? Sure as hell does to me. And of course, she is actually kind of dumb. But I love that story. We're the poorest man. Okay, great, Joe. Since you like to brag about how poor you allegedly were, could we explore that and then maybe get into how it is you managed to get rich? Can we we talk about how you managed to get rich and where that money came from? Could we get a serious... Forensic accounting firm to look at your finances, would you be down with that, Joe? No, 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 no. No, he wouldn't like that very much, not at all. Uh one more delusional thing when it comes to the president. Look, insult. <sighs> he's the hero of his own story. But his story has no hero <laughs> it's so stupid. He's so damn stupid. He was talking about insulin. He's talking about his, uh, we got a price control on insulin. Congratulations. He always talks about how cheap it is to make insulin. It's so cheap to make insulin. Well, it's not really cheap to make insulin, by the way. It's just not. There are all sorts of liabilities that go along with making insulin. If your insulin is not working, if there's something wrong with it, you're ruined. And so, so there are liabilities. You have to carry insurance or you'll be going to jail. There'll be all sorts of horrible things and bad consequences for it. If your product is polluted and kills somebody, you are going to be in a lot of trouble. So it's not just that you could open up a factory in your garage and start making insulin. There are costs available to it. Now, if you're a well-established firm, then the actual physical manufacturing of insulin doesn't cost all of that much, but it does cost something. So uh, he's out there talking about insulin. Now, I want you to keep in mind, which you hear at the very end of this, that insulin was developed for medical use, for medical purposes, in the 1920s. And the inventor of insulin died in 1941. Joe Biden was born in 1942. Right? Now just keep that in mind. The inventor of insulin died in 1941. And Joe Biden was born in 1942. Two. with that in mind listen to the president of the united states yesterday in florida and pay attention particularly to the end
1: how many of you know somebody with diabetes needs insulin well guess what and we when we when when we when debbie and i passed this law it included everybody not just seniors and so what happened was we said okay You know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him,
0: okay? I spoke to him, okay? It was invented by a man who didn't patent it because blah, blah, blah. I spoke to him, okay? The inventor of insulin is a man named Frederick Banting. Frederick Banting lived from November Fourteenth eighteen 1891 until February 21st, 1941. He was not alive while Joe Biden has been alive, even though Joe Biden has been alive for a very long time. He was born a year later. Delusional person. Now, maybe he's confused. Maybe he's confused with Jonas Salk. I'm not sure. Let me see what year Jonas Salk made, because Jonas Salk Uh, did not patent the polio vaccine he could have jonas salk died in 1995 maybe joe biden got him on the phone at some point maybe doubtful but he's wrong he's wildly wrong it's is it wrong or is he senile we don't know or is he just lying like those are the people i'd give anybody the benefit of the doubt if it didn't happen all the time or is this wrong he says oh well you misremembered you screwed up and I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, I, I talked to the guy well, because you didn't talk to the guy. Like maybe you're, did you think you're talking about somebody else? Maybe I'd ask that question. But he he says, I, I talked to him. I talked to him. I'm trying to use that as some sort of moral authority about his price control scheme. I talked to him. I absolutely talked to him. I did it. You died before you were born. Dude. Well, no, 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 no. The so long-distance phone call. is very expensive. But uh, we did talk for quite some time and extensively about all these things. And he said I could use his name. It's totally cool. Or he's senile. Or whatever. I'd give him the benefit of the doubt if it didn't happen all the time. But it's to the point now that when Joe Biden speaks about anything that happened in his life, I, it's not true. I don't know what he says it is. Now, if I'm Jill and you talk about the clip where she's like, oh, she's whining and I don't have any money and she's mad at me and really ticked off and you're like, you live in a DuPont mansion and you're, you're pissed off that your husband isn't making more money. You, you're a, a community college teacher. You teach like three credit hours a semester. It's a hobby for you. If you're really bothered by this stuff, get a job. You could bring more money into the family just makes her sound awful. I always kind of thought she was awful, so it's it's you know reinforcing my biases, but it makes her sound wildly awful. And now this. Now all of this together. Something is not right between those ears or behind those vacant eyes. I think they uh they shield a vacuum. I really do. There's more going on in the world than just with Joe Biden, though. There's a lot going on in election news across the country, and it's not just here. I want to play this clip. CNN this morning, oddly enough, had some interest, had an interesting moment, at least. I would almost said interview, but I didn't see the whole interview with Katie Hobbs, the Democrat running for Arizona governor. She is out there. She is getting clobbered. Polling is, uh, it, it, I don't know. You take what you will with the polling, but. Uh, just telling you what the polling says as of now, is that it's a blowout in favor of Cary Lake. Cary Lake is one of those Republicans that Democrats campaigned for. Democrats spent $46 million, I think, trying to nominate Republicans they were convinced were easy to beat. And Kerry Lake was one of them. Kerry Lake is likely going to win in a walk when it comes to the governorship of Arizona because she's an amazing candidate. Democrats don't seem to understand that there are more than just them in the world. So it's, oh my God. She said she questions uh, how it is that a senile turd like Joe Biden could get 80 million votes. That doesn't make any sense to her. She's an election denier. And people get ex- nothing excites people more. Than being able to go against an election denier, no, no, no. Well, in cocktail parties in liberal enclaves, sure, right. But that isn't real life. That isn't real life. And these Democrats didn't seem to understand that. I, I hope that on election day they get a very rude awakening about that reality. <laughs> they go, oh my God, we we spent forty-six million dollars on people who we thought we could easily beat and they crushed us all. You know, how would, how awesome would it be if there's a Republican victory in the New Hampshire Senate race? Because Democrats said, well, this general is crazy. We can beat him pretty easily. Like, paint him as a lunatic. The guy's a general, retired general. Dedicated his life to serving the country and you're going to try and paint him as a lunatic. Okay, good luck with that. I mean, that's your view of patriotism, I guess, is if you really love this country, there's something wrong with you. You're a lunatic. Well, Katie Hobbs was asked by CNN this morning why she didn't debate. Why didn't you debate? If you're so confident, If if you think that Carrie Lake is this lunatic, get her on the debate stage, call her out on this stuff. You say you don't want to give her a large audience. You'd have a large audience yourself to call her out on being a lunatic. And her answer was weak. The real truth is Katie Hobbs is a horrible candidate, probably the worst candidate this cycle, and that includes Fetterman. And she's not very bright. She's not very bright. Listen to this exchange yourself. Remember, this is Don Levin. Maybe CNN is trying to turn a corner. I don't know. Listen, why
2: not? I want
0: to talk about your
2: debating. Why not debate your opponent? If you believe your opponent is, you know, has issues in is spreading conspiracy theories about a stolen election and so mm-hmm. on, and it's not being truthful with the, the people of Arizona, why then not get on the debate stage and, and debate her?
4: You know, not only is Carrie Lake has she centered her entire platform around this election denialism. Um, I didn't want to give her a bigger stage to do that. But additionally, she has shown that she's not interested in having any kind of substantive conversation. Um, she's only interested in creating a spectacle. But and I not want If you were pa-
2: in the same space with her, wouldn't you be? Wouldn't it be easier to knock it down in front of everyone, in front of the most people? Because you're not stopping her from spreading. Yeah whatever you believe that you know, she is I, spreading by not debating her, she can go on television, she can talk about it, she can go in front of the the people of Arizona every single day and talk about it, but you're not confronting her on it. It seems like it would be an easy fix if you stood up on the debate stage and, and confronted her about these issues.
4: Look, we're six days out from the election and our campaign strategy is our campaign strategy, so we're moving forward. I'm continuing to make my case to the voters of Arizona, uh, whether or not uh, we debated in this race is not going to decide this election. So, um, you know, I just we made a decision. Didn't want to be a part of her spectacle. And she's not. Uh, she she won't answer these tough questions um, to to real reporters.
0: <laughs> she won't answer these tough questions to real reporters. All she is is badgered day and night by these so called real reporters. Here's uh, Trump. Blah 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 blah. Election. Blah 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 blah. January sixth. What? No, let's talk about what's really going on. And then Carrie Lake will just decimate the reporter. And then she'll go back to talking about the issues that people care about. Inflation, the economy, things like that. And there is Katie Hobbin. Uh, well, we didn't want to give her a bigger platform. She's kicking the crap out of you. Of the last polls has her up by like 11 points. I don't want to give her a bigger platform. On that bigger platform, you could if if what you say is true, on that bigger platform, you could have easily pummeled her. You could have easily exposed her for the fraud and historical grade monster that she is. But you didn't. You chickened out because you knew that you would have your rear end handed to you if you got anywhere in this same time zone as Carrie Lake. It's really just pathetic. How could you? I don't think I could ever really vote for somebody who refused to debate. If you, if you just refuse to debate, you, you don't have confidence, either don't have confidence in your ability and your knowledge of the issues, or you have such little contempt for the voters that you don't think they deserve to have a real-time, on-your-feet comparison between you and your opponent. It is ignorance or arrogance, however you want to look at it. I don't care. Even if there were a Republican who wouldn't debate and on the ballot, I'd probably go. You know what? I'm not going to vote for the Democrat. I'd probably, I'd seriously consider skipping it. I just wouldn't be able to take somebody seriously. They don't deserve to be taken seriously. I want to play for you. Run out of time. This clip from New Zealand. This is the left has been praising New Zealand throughout COVID about how wonderful Jacinda Ahern is and everything. And this is a news report. You want to talk about fascism? Just do you want to talk about fascism? That's what this is. They want to. They want to turn everybody into Stasi. They want to turn everybody into the secret police into brown shirts. Rat on your neighbors if they're being radicalized in any way, shape, or form. Radicalisation means not conforming in New Zealand. Our Secret Service is launching an initiative to help us identify people who may have been radicalised.
4: Know the Signs details dozens of indicators that a friend or family member could be planning a terror attack. As Adam Hollingworth reports, the move comes as our spy chiefs identify a new and worrying type of terrorism.
3: Time was when the intelligence services were never seen, never heard. But now they're loudly proclaiming your country needs you to keep an eye on those you know and, if necessary, dob them in.
4: Recognising a potential warning sign and then alerting NZSAS or police could be the vital piece in the puzzle that
3: ultimately saves lives. To that end they're publishing a guide called Know the Signs to help us all identify potential terrorists in our midst. To
4: pay attention if they are and to be alert so that if they see or hear about something that seems off um, that worries them and concerns them, they might have a look at this information to say, does this indicate to me that this person is on the road to actually committing an attack?
3: The SIS has listed around 50 signs from obvious ones, like writing on a weapon, as happened in Christchurch, to
4: a person who is who is really developing an us-versus-them worldview.
3: Authorities say they're usually closely monitoring 40 to 50 potential terrorists. These people used to be motivated by their white identity or by their faith. But in the past six months, a third group has emerged, those motivated by politics.
4: And so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, and so it could be the COVID measures that the government took, or it could be other policies that are interpreted as, as infringing on rights. Uh, and, and, and it's a, a, what I sometimes describe as a kind of hot mess of, of ideologies and beliefs, um, fueled by conspiracy theories, Fueled by conspiracy theories.
3: The launch of the initiative Know the Signs is an indicator that the security services know that they can't do it alone. They need the help of the public. But to some, the guide is a first step only.
4: How do we upskill those people in our community who are much closer to people who might be potentially radicalised and get them to understand what it is they're seeing? That's our challenge.
0: Adam Hollingworth, News Hub. Alright, that's enough. We'll maybe cover this tomorrow a little bit. But is that not terrifying? Is that not I have to Look at you, we're going to get you... We're going to get you. We're going to get you. Turn on your neighbors. Rat them out if they're doing anything that is not conforming with what the government wants. Turn them in, mate. Good lord. The the saddest part is Democrats would kill to have that here. They would. They already sort of do. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. What a day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.